like the attack cheers. <laughs> Yours could be like, my name is Sam, you really suck. If you don't like it, well, that's tough luck. I like that. My name is Indy, and I'm here to say, don't go eat cheese all day. <laughs> is that your biggest complaint about me, is I don't let you eat cheese all day? Yeah. Or pudding. Or pudding. You can have pudding, just not all day. <laughs> oh, well, that could be our intro. Welcome to another episode of I Love This, You Should Too. My name is Indy Pom Pom Randawa. And with me is Samantha Super Bass Hees. <laughs> How are you, Indy? My name is Indy, and I'm okay because I'm eating pudding all day. How are you, Sam? In a form of a cheer, if you could. Um, I am great. I am awesome. Let's go fight some fighting possums. <laughs> Let's go fight some fighting possums? Yeah. Okay. I thought yours would involve pudding as well. It'd be like, my name is Sam, and I'm really good because I'm eating chocolate pudding. (laughs) Don't say pud as like its own word. Yeah, pud for pudding is not great. (laughs) (laughs) All right. In case you couldn't tell, we are in our most cheerful cheer spirit right now because we watched... Cheer. Cheer. If you didn't listen to the pre-episode, Cheer is a Netflix documentary series about the Navarro uh, college cheerleading team and their fight to win another national title in Daytona um, in the 2019 season. I had never seen it before. Samantha loved it so much she watched it. How many times have you seen it now? Three? Three? Okay, that's what I was I think I've watched it twice, like, all the way through, and then I've watched certain episodes more than, like, more than twice. Well, before we get into any of our big cheer talk, we'll talk about our beer, and we have Jam Session Raspberry Cream Ale from How Sound. Mmm. How Sound has really great bottles. Yeah. And large amounts of beer for a good price. Yeah, that'll be our pitch for How Sound because all of their bottles come in those flip top ones and in a one liter bottle. Yeah. And a liter costs like seven or eight bucks or something. It's super cheap. And they're quite good. Their uh, nut brown is very good as well. We don't get many selections in Alberta. We don't. Occasionally you'll see a store that has like four or five of them, but um, usually you'll see one, one or two. In, like, on store shelves. So the, their raspberry cream ale delivers exactly what it promises. So good. Good raspberry taste. Nice and creamy. Mmm, cheers. Mm, tasty. Well, now that we've got our sponsorship out of the way, and by the way, how sound you owe us a bunch of beer now. Palette of raspberry cream ale. <laughs> sure, I'll take it. Let's talk about cheer. Cheer. So you watched it for the first time this week, and the big question, the reason we're here... I love this. Did you? We talk about a lot of movies on this, and you always say, oh, I really thought you would love it. And I was like, why would you think I would love that movie? Because they usually don't. Do you think I would love this one? Yeah. But you think I would love everyone so far. Yeah. So Cheer is pretty much fantastic. It's it's great. It's a great documentary. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about yeah, we'll it. Yeah, we'll talk but... about it. It's a great documentary because it it almost follows in line with a narrative film. Mm-hmm. 
you have one end goal. We make it clear right at the beginning. Yeah. You show the journey. You show the pitfalls, the, the history, the achievements, everything along the way. There's good tangents into character development. And it's a documentary, but it follows the line of a very great scripted TV show is how how it's laid out. And it's it's great. I'm so happy to hear Highly that. recommended. Did you love it? I guess. I don't want to sound like I don't like it, but I think it's been my favorite thing that you've brought me so far. Oh, okay. Well, I'll take that. Honestly, I will. So if I'm giving it a score out of 10, where Shining is a perfect 10, this is like an 8 out of 10. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I had a feeling you'd like this one just because it's, it's not like a super fluffy cheer show it's got kind of a gritty side and it really showcases um like the ups and downs of being a competitive cheerleader i think what's great about it is regardless of what the subject matter is Mm -hmm. this spends enough time on the individuals on their personal struggles and then relates that to the subject matter which in this case happens to be cheerleading that it's going to be great whether or not you are a cheerleading fan or not this is, it's just very good storytelling. It is. It's compelling and human, and it's pretty fantastic. I would just say, everyone, go watch it. Go watch it. Yeah. But finish listening to this first. Although we are going to spoil some stuff. Oh, I'm okay. Sure. So pause now, <laughs> go watch it, and then we'll pick up right where we left off. So, as listeners will know, um, I am very into cheerleading. Are you? Yeah. Huh. Huh, yeah. Never came up. Interesting. That's a lie. <laughs> um, do you want to, I'm not sure if we talked about this on the podcast before, we may have. Do you want to give the listeners uh, a little insight into what we talked about for the entirety of our first two dates? Uh, cheerleading. Just cheerleading. Some Gabby Butler, actually. So yes. this is kind of full circle. Mm. Three years in and we're still talking about Gabby Butler. <laughs> Well, at that point, though, I was mostly just listening. I didn't have a lot to contribute. No, you have um, kind of grown your cheerleading knowledge. Indy, what were your thoughts on the sport before watching cheer? Well, I think I'm maybe not that target audience of people who are like, I think cheerleading is just people with pom-poms shouting (laughs) things. Because I know. I've seen a lot of cheerleading. So I know the work that goes into it. And... This is a great showcase of that work. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the things that I really liked about this show was that it really does showcase that hard work and the dedication and how it kind of takes over your entire life. Um, I mean, these are all student athletes, but they are basically only cheerleading. And it's really amazing to see the amount of, like, personal struggle that they go through and um, kind of the growth that they go through through the season. I think this series will be appealing to a few different groups. Of course, if you're in the cheerleading world or even are just a little bit of a fan, you're going to love it. There's right. so much there for you. If you have that kind of old-fashioned idea of cheerleading, of it, it's just pretty girls kind of cheering on the sidelines of a football game, you're going to love this because you're going to be so surprised about the actual world of cheerleading. Right. Or if you're just someone who loves a good story. You're going to love it. There is good storytelling in this. And I feel like that's where I came in because it wasn't like anything in this was particularly surprising to me. Right. I know about it. It was incredibly impressive to me, though. Nice. That's what I was hoping for. I also like, though, that they didn't spend 
a good bit of the series being like, see, we're real athletes. They just let things speak on their own. Yeah. In the very first episode, probably in the first half, it has a great start. It gets you right into things and it sets up where the documentary is going because it starts off with individuals telling you about what cheerleading means to them personally. Mm-hmm. We're going to get a bunch more into those stories later and they're very compelling stories. Uh, it does a little bit about dispelling stereotypes about how like people usually think this, but this is the reality. Mm-hmm. So it gets that out of the way early, but it doesn't linger on that. No. And I think that's to the filmmaker's credits and to all of these athletes' credit, because it's not just about like, see, we are real athletes. Mm-hmm. They're not telling you to prove themselves. They're showing you. Yeah. And that's the great thing about how this is shot, how it is edited together it lets things speak for themselves. Mm-hmm. You don't have to sh- tell us that they're hardworking if you're showing it this effectively. Yeah. And these filmmakers do it very effectively. And right in that first sequence again, or the first half of the first episode at least, they highlight the hard work. They highlight the danger of it. Uh, they touch on the reliance of teamwork and those injuries that come with it. So yes. everything in those first half hour I think sets it up nicely. Mm -hmm. This is one of those few shows where you could say, watch the first episode. If you like it, you're going to love the series. It does get better, I would say. Oh, it totally does. But I think it sets up everything then. It's the first episode, especially just the first half, is indicative of where things are going to go. Yes. It's a very well done first episode. And once I started that... It took me a while to get around to watching the first episode, just that things on the go. Yeah. But after that, I was like, all right, that's it. I Then I got through the rest of it in the next three days. <laughs> it's hard to stop watching. Mm-hmm. I um, I knew going in that it was only six episodes and that there was no promise for a second season. So I had a very hard time pacing myself because you get so drawn in and you get so attached to the characters um, that I was like, I could literally sit down and watch this in two days, Um, but I also kind of want to save it, so I tried to save it, but then I found myself watching it on the train and, like, downloading the episodes onto my phone and watching it in, like, every spare break that I had, so I definitely was hooked. I was almost the exact opposite, but for the same reasons. Yeah? I started watching it on a lunch break at work, and then after halfway through that first episode, I realized... This is something good. It's not just like, oh, I'm going to watch this for the podcast, get it through with, take my notes, and go talk about it. This needs my full attention. So I stopped watching it at work and came home and only watched it when I had time to sit down and watch this. Right. I wasn't doing like other things while I watched it. It needed full attention. It was a good weekend for me. It demands full attention. (laughs) It does demand full attention. And it's a hard one to not pay full attention to. Well, yeah, there's so much going on. And it's kind of like the sport of cheerleading. Like when you're watching a routine on the mat, there are like nine things going on at once. So you kind of have to pay attention to at least one thing. Um, But it's really amazing to watch this show because not only are you drawn in by the routine that they're doing, because they do kind of the same routine throughout the entire uh, like season of episodes. Um, Maybe I'll just do a short pitch of of this for people who haven't seen it and who aren't going to watch it. Sure. So it's uh, the Navarro Community College. They are regarded as the best school for cheerleading, if not in the top two at the very least. And they are constantly winning at nationals. And this is the story through six episodes of probably four months of work, I think. Yeah, about that. 
of them getting one single two minute and 15 second routine. Yes. And along the way, we have injuries, we get to see some relationships between them. But the biggest part of it is we get to see the stories of why people came to cheerleading. Mm -hmm. And who they are. That is definitely, in my opinion, the most compelling part. Absolutely. I think next, of course, is the battle through to to get this routine to that point of perfection where they need it to be. And you think, well, yeah, it's just them practicing. That's how interesting can it be? It's it's very compelling because of the injuries, because of uh, who's on mat, and we'll talk about that mm-hmm. as we go. But it's a it's a fantastic story, and eventually it ends with them at this cheer competition competing for their national championship. I'm glad that you were intrigued, kind of, by their hard work towards getting that final goal, um, instead of just the final goal because that is like such a huge thing in any team um for cheerleading is that like you have all of those rough and tumble moments and i think we talked about it in the pre-episode about how like people who come to competitions don't actually see the the struggle and the hard work and the teamwork and the injuries and the exhaustion and everything um you see the pretty sparkly bits at the end and i as a coach found this very relatable because you see coaches and there's often like memes and people like making fun of coaches in the cheer world um of them like jumping around and screaming and getting so excited and it's because the coaches know everything that's gone on to get them to that point and you get really emotional when you're watching it like all work and so I really love that you get to kind of watch that kind of journey through the entire routine to get to the end and I feel like you're gonna be jumping around at the end because you're so excited that they're going to hit their routine. Yeah, this series is definitely about that journey. It's yes. not about the, the product. No. It's not uh, glamour shots of them doing these tricks. It's the grittiness of people falling. The You can smell the sweat. You can hear <laughs> the bones cracking. Ooh, it's, yeah. uh, it's about the work. Mm-hmm. It's about the journey much more than it is about the end result. Absolutely. And that's what makes it so compelling. I'm having a hard time sounding like I love it because I feel like I'm being very (laughs) clinical because it's such a different thing than what we usually talk about true and I will talk about like the camera work and how that works but it's hard for me to convey how much I liked it because everything I liked about it is completely rooted in emotion it's not rooted in appreciation for the artistry of how this film's constructed. Yeah. That's how we usually talk about a lot of the things. Yeah, we're usually like, this is a beautiful film. It was really nice to watch. This one is all about how these individual stories are shown to us. And it's about the stories of the people mm-hmm. that make you love this. Of course, you probably love it on the just on the cheerleading level alone. But it's those stories in mm-hmm. this that makes it relatable to to everyone. Yes. And I think that um, the watching those stories, and we'll get into kind of the individual characters and what we thought in a little bit, but I think watching all of these characters, um, you probably wouldn't either be as attached or care quite as much if you didn't know kind of the backstory of each of them. And exactly. again, it's almost putting you in the coach seat. Like, I think this whole documentary puts you almost in the coach or like a team member seat because you're getting the backstory on stuff that you would not get um again sitting on the sidelines at a competition you don't know that the point flyer in that routine is like you know 
going through a divorce or like like something like that where like there's all sorts of bad things you just see the glittery sparkly bits and so I think as a coach you come to care about your kids a lot because you know their backstories and you help them through hard stuff and I think that's what this documentary does is it puts you in the front line for those like really hard bits that really make you bond with the rest of the characters yeah and I think it's exactly the same reason any good documentary works or how you always talk about how I love making of documentaries of movies more than the movies sometimes and movies can be great and life-changing but a lot of the time they're just something fun to look at yeah and maybe if you're not in the cheerleading world that's all this routine is at the end to you you're Mm -hmm. like yeah that was cool that's interesting that's impressive but that's where it ends for you yeah this gives you so much more and it's not just a documentary about cheerleading or about the routine Mm -hmm. or about the journey to Daytona It's about how one thing changed so many people's lives and in many cases gave lives meaning and saved lives. Yes. And that's going to be compelling regardless of the subject matter. And they were very fortunate that there's a very capable filmmaker at the helm. Yeah. And all of these characters, I want to call them characters, all of these people. Yeah. There were so many compelling, interesting beautiful stories that just happen to all be on the same team because you very well could have gotten a team where everyone's like yeah we've always liked cheerleading and here we are Mm -hmm. but these stories were just just amazing yes exactly exactly um okay so you're the film nerd in our in our podcast although you're the film critic i am the film critic but you're the film nerd sure um did you want to speak on like the quality of documentary that this ended sure, up we being? can talk about like the visual stuff a yeah, little bit. I mean, of course, that's not the most important part of no. the movie, but it really helps. Like, if this had looked bad, it it would take away. From oh, a lot absolutely! Of it. And it's beautifully shot. It is. I, I think what I loved most, and you can speak to this since you've been to so many practices, the way practices in particular are shot, the, the, you're right in the action. Mm-hmm. It doesn't live in that wide shot where you can probably see everything all together and at first you might think like well i want a wide so i can see what's going on in all parts of the mat but that's not what this documentary is about it's not about the performance about it's about all of these individuals Mm -hmm. and the work they put in so the camera is right in there often you're seeing people being lifted into frame or flying out of frame or falling into it and that gives you almost more of a like a point of view yeah you're like one of the bases throwing someone and you're seeing people fly around and at you and like yeah. over you and, and you can kind of feel that danger yeah and then also every now and then it'll cut to slow motion of someone like flying through and it's just blurring that line of danger and graceful beauty yes and i guess that's that's cheerleading right yes, exactly you're always on the edge of both of those Mm-hmm. You're escaping the danger to get into that beautiful territory, mm-hmm. but they're always battling. Yes. And I think that is shown so well from how it's shot. Also, when you're in the practices, the way things are miked, you can hear every Crunch. forearm hitting yeah. ribs on every basket. You can you can hear everything, yeah. even if you can't see it. So when someone hits the mat, 
Oh, you can feel it. You can it. feel that. Yeah. There was a couple times when I was watching it that I gasped because the sound quality of it was so good that like, um, let me think of, oh, uh, at the end when the tumbler hits the mat at the wrong angle and oh, like the ankle. shatters his ankle basically. Oh my God. I literally was sitting, um, I think I was on the train actually and I was watching and all of a sudden I was like, <gasps> like... I couldn't even control my reaction because it was just so bad. And you just like, you feel it because your your adrenaline's up because you're watching this incredible routine and you know the stakes are so high and that like the other college wants it just as bad. And then all of a sudden this happens and everything just stops and you're just like hearts beating, like just anxious. It's crazy. This documentary makes you feel things. Yeah, there were multiple times in it where I was sitting on the couch and watching and I do that thing where it's like you got punched in the stomach and you just kind of like curl up and your feet lift off the ground. Like when people hit the mat, yeah. ooh, you can yeah. you can feel it. You can feel it. And anytime people collide or um, there was the thing with Morgan's ribs yes, about how one of her ribs is kind of popped out mm-hmm. and anytime she gets caught, the sound of like, I guess all three bodies hitting each other because you have the two bases and then you have Morgan. Um you can almost feel like a twinge. Like yes, they, the sound and the visuals in this did such a good job of making you feel like you're right in there. Yeah, so I know cheerleading, but I'm yeah. not at practices or anything. And in the first episode, you could hear the sound of for every time they do a basket toss and yeah. they catch someone. It's hard. You could hear that each time. And as soon as I saw it once, I was like, that's going to break someone's ribs. And then, of course... Three episodes later, that's it exactly does. what's happening, <laughs> yeah. right? And it makes perfect sense because, yeah, you can really hear the impact. I see a lot more hockey-related stuff. Yes, yeah. And you when you get some of those highlight reels where they have... Because there's mics on the ice and stuff. Yeah. And you can really hit, hear people getting hit. Yeah. And you can feel it because of that. This movie, this series is doing that constantly. It's so mm-hmm. well done for the sound. And then the, the camera work as well. Within one practice, you'll have shots that are usually reserved for somebody smashing concrete with a sledgehammer. Yes. And then shots that are reserved for birds flying over a sunset. Yeah. And you'll have both of them because I think that's a great dichotomy to represent what cheerleading is. You get both of those. You get that hard impact. Mm -hmm. You have sweaty people's bodies (laughs) flying into each other. And then you have these moments of... Like brief transcendence when someone's just flying through the air yeah. almost weightless and, and like, it finally works happening? out and yeah. yeah that's cheerleading we always joke about how like cheerleading is trying something over and over and over again until either somebody gets too hurt to continue or you get it and it's amazing yeah so it's it's kind of the fun of the sport i just wanted to talk for a minute about how you said um you were talking about the camera angles and i had said earlier like it's it's putting you in the coach seat because mm-hmm. as a coach, I don't just sit in a chair at the front and yell things at my kids. I'm walking around the mat. I'm in the mat. I'm on each corner of the mat watching specific, like four specific things. And that's exactly what you get in the camera angles of this is that you can see one stunt and there might be stuff in the peripheral and, you know, you can always see other stuff happening, but you're focusing on one thing at a time. And it's really amazing because it is exactly how it looks to coach a practice like that. 
We talked a little bit about how one of the great things about this series is that you get to know all the characters kind of individually and their backstories. So should we start talking about the characters kind of individually? Yes, uh, there's so many great, and we keep saying the word character, people, people. because it is a documentary. It's, a do- it's true. <laughs> they are being themselves. Yeah. Of course, like every film, documentary or not, is going to skew how someone is yes. perceived, but... The people in this are so interesting, so compelling, mm-hmm. and in a lot of different reasons. It's not even just the same story of, I was on a bad place and then cheerleading saved my life. There is that, of course, but the nuance and difference in a lot of these is uh, is very remarkable. Yes. What I want to know first, though, is who are your favorite characters? I think one, everyone who has seen this will agree on their favorite character, I'm sure. Jerry? Right? Jerry! How yeah. can it not oh, be Jerry? Jerry is, like, be a Jerry is such a, like, it's such a thing in the cheer community now. Yeah. And, like, when we, I just traveled to Las Vegas with my team to compete in the States, and everyone was like, oh, we should incorporate more mat talk into our practices. And so we were like, yeah, okay, if you yeah, guys want to. be a Jerry, man. Our kids were so bad at it. It was hilarious. The coaches, like, the three of us were just standing there being like, okay, Matt, talk them through that stunt. Like, go do it. And they were like, yeah, go, get it, get up there. Go. <laughs> like, like, that is the weakest Matt talk I have ever heard. So you might not know, because on this podcast, I'm the grumpiest one. Yeah. But in hockey, I'm like Mr. Positivity. Just all the time. <laughs> I'm just cheering on everyone. I, I talk so much. Unless you're trying to get in someone's head. Well, not yeah, not for the other team. Well, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, them. I'll just fight those dudes. But <laughs> I can imagine you being very uh, encouraging. When I'm working with preschool children is very much how I am when I play hockey. I can see that. Good job, buddy. Good job. (laughs) Of Uh, course, my Canadian accent comes out when I play (laughs) hockey because we're all just like a bunch of those guys. (laughs) Fucking gamer boys. Let's go. (laughs) That's what all people in Canada sound like. Yep, this is what we sound like. We just change our accents for this podcast so that we sound better. (laughs) Oh, did you see fucking buddy over there, right? (laughs) (laughs) I think that's what... um, Everyone at the competition in Las Vegas expected us to sound like, too. Yeah. Because we were the only Canadian team, and I think they were expecting us to be like, aw, shucks, and like, Canada. Like, very, like, stereotypical maple syrup. That's <laughs> what you You just walk around and say maple syrup. That's yeah. what we do yeah, here. Yeah, that's what we do here. I've traveled a lot, and I've had so many people ask me why I don't have a Canadian accent, and I tell them this this is what a Canadian accent is. It's like the States. It's regional. Yeah, and also, I think the accent they're thinking of is... An enhanced Minnesota accent that you see on American television. Yeah. Which is always done by Americans. Which is always done by Americans, and it's actually not really something that you find very much of. There's some, like, East Coast areas that you might get a little bit of that. Yeah. But they're, like, generally you don't hear of anybody with a real Canadian accent that's different. There's some pronunciation differences. But just like the States, like, people pronounce things differently. But I don't think that there's, like, a true Canadian accent. This is it. This You're is hearing it. it. You're right hearing now. it. <laughs> so Jerry. So Jerry. I think we could both agree that he's, he's our favorite and we can pick second favorites because yeah. Jerry just is the best. So I have a question. Did you like Jerry before you heard his backstory? Yes. Yeah. He's just a likable guy. And then his backstory just makes you love him, like pushes you over the edge. Yeah. He was very likable. And I was like, oh, he's probably my favorite. And I think he was definitely already my favorite. 
But then when you hear his backstory, it is also compelling. Yeah, I feel like there's a difference between who's your favorite character and who's the most compelling. Mm-hmm. Because you can love someone who is just kind of boring, but fun. But like, yeah. But you're like, oh, I love that person. But a compelling story can be someone who you also like don't like at all. Yes. Jerry was both. I feel like he's maybe not the most compelling story. I'll talk about that after. But yes. he is no, there's definitely my some. favorite person. Mm-hmm. Like, He's the person that in any situation, if you said, oh, who would you rather be a coworker with? Who would you want to be your roommate? Who would you want to be your best friend? It's Jerry. Jerry. Clearly. Absolutely. He's a great human being. He's like not even in the routine for half the episodes. And he's still the happiest, most supportive, like in the game person on the entire team. And his story seems like it is something that is written for a movie because it is so perfect in how it goes for those of you who haven't watched it and aren't going to i'm going to do a little spoiler here um jerry was a loved cheer from a very young age his mother passed away and he was kind of raised by the cheer community as a whole almost but before that they were basically homeless so that jerry could cheer and yes she was making every sacrifice possible so he could do this And when we see him in this series, he's kind of reached close to the top of the cheer world. But in the past, he hasn't been on that, which means that he's not actually competing in the show. He's uh, practicing with people, helping out where he can, but he's not the one up there getting the trophy. And once again, to the audience's heartbreak, he is not put on Matt in in this one. Yeah. So it's incredibly sad and you're like but he has to be he's just so good (laughs) and then you realize like well it comes down to if he's not the best person he can't be and then he gets a shot and then he gets put back off yeah and then eventually he does end up on matt he's given like a chance to kind of prove like well can you do it and he just fucking nails it and when he does collectively every person on screen and everyone watching it it's just so happy. Yeah. You're so happy for the this character. The meme about this show, because I think there's a lot of people who are like, oh, I'll watch this new doc- Netflix documentary. Like, I'm sure it'll be interesting. And then, like, they're like, five minutes in, oh, this is cool. Cheerleading's neat. And then they're like, and 90 minutes in, you're like, if Jerry doesn't make Matt, I'm yeah. like going to Corsicana and talking to Monica. Right? Like, it's like you get so passionately into his story. Um, that it's like, it's ridiculous how tied you feel to, to Jerry and his whole struggle. Somewhat related question. How many times did you cry in this series? <laughs> like the first time? Just one time through. How many times did you cry? I think once or twice, but I definitely felt myself getting emotional a couple more times than that. Okay. Where you like... Was one of them when you hear Jerry's story for the first time? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, and then his cheer mom... Which is, like, amazing that her and her family took Jerry in and made sure he could continue cheerleading. And basically, like, he still lives with them. Like, he's still, like, part of their family and everything. Like, that's just amazing. I can't even imagine a family taking someone in like that and, like, helping him be the best, like, that he can be in that sport. Did you – how many times did you cry? In six episodes, probably (laughs) five-ish What other points got you very emotional? The final routine. I I 
cry when my team competes. Like, I cried yesterday because we had a really good run. So I think um, that brings out the emotion in me. Like, I was talking about how, as a coach, you see all the struggles and you know exactly how much it means to these kids when they hit their routine properly. And that just, like, kills me every time I watch their final routine. And seeing the guy who broke his ankle, like, slamming his chair into the ground. That's it. That's the one. Trying to be, like, trying to be part of it. Because he knows every breath and every beat of this routine, right? Because he used to be in it. And he's, like, doing everything that he can to, like, protect his ankle, but also, like, make sure his teammates know that he's, like, there with them. And I was just like, that's going to make me cry. Like That was the shot for me outside of Jerry's story. Because when they were performing... Yeah, you're emotional because you've seen the journey, but there's one athlete who had probably broken his ankle moments earlier, and he has his foot up on a chair, and he's so into it that he lifts his foot in the air, grabs the chair that his foot was on, and starts slamming slamming it into into the the ground, because he's just so racked with emotion. It's true. And also, like, I'm so glad that they hit after that, because... Or else, like, the guilt that he would feel, oh, it right? it would have been crushing. Because it would have been like, I brought them down. Yeah. And that's a thing about cheerleading, too, is if one person makes a mistake, that, that could be it. That's it for your whole year. Yes. And that's almost what happened. They couldn't have had the final go better if they'd written it. No. The fact that they were hitting, and then we get someone that yes. injured, and then they have to go back replace him at the last minute Put and then that in, guy yeah. who's just a fucking all-star we didn't even really see him this no whole he time. was just around and then just comes in and nails is like it. world class yeah nails everything and then they hit zero and then they win oh. oh so good and then when they went into the water that might have got me too that that also i, think I was still crying ones. i was still crying at that point <laughs> um i don't think i actually stopped um i might have calmed down a little bit like when they were doing awards but then as soon as they announced that they'd won and they took the thing and ran down the beach i was i was done <laughs> well if we're gonna continue talking about the stories we can transition from jerry into ladarius yes because there's a really interesting part between the two of them. At one point, Ladarius and Jerry are essentially competing for, for the, the same, same part. spot, yeah. And Ladarius is just a superstar. Yes. Is a much better straight up athlete. Mm-hmm. He can do things that no one else can. Yeah. At it's one his point, attitude, yeah, though. he's showing that he doesn't have yeah. the best attitude. Jerry has the best attitude of all humans on the history of the planet, but lower skills. Yeah. So then, of course, you're cheering for Jerry because Ladarius is being a dick for a lot of it, right? He is being a dick. But that's the brilliance of how they edit this because you get Jerry's story. You're totally on his side. You see Ladarius being a jerk. So they kind of vilify him almost. So you're like, oh, Ladarius is the bad guy. Jerry's the good guy. Yes. Got it. That's exactly how they frame it in the beginning. And then the very next thing you get is Ladarius' story, which is so heartbreaking this boy who was just beaten for being different or being his brothers called him fruity and sugary and he was literally beaten they were trying to like beat the gay out of him yes they're trying to toughen him up which is crazy and then you hear his story and then you're like yeah damn right you're arrogant you have every right yeah, to be and then you're he's on finally his side. at a point where he's being his true self yeah. and you should be arrogant when you get to that point because you're living your best life and you're like doing what you're meant to do like he's clearly meant to be a Navarro cheerleader and winning national titles and doing absolutely everything that he can do and it's yeah 
it, it was really hard to watch his story, actually. Yeah, so that's such a great filmmaking flip-flop of saying, like, here's the villain, and you're like, yeah, we hate that guy. And then you're like, oh, wait, also, I love him and want him to succeed yes, at everything. it was a very love-hate thing that they built with Ladarius, because yeah. at first you're like, he's a dick, he called her fat, like... He's just, like, going off at his flyer because, like, he's blaming her for not staying in the air, basically. And and he was mean to Jerry. And that he was mean fly. to Jerry, even though they're roommates. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just, you have a very hard time at first because they do paint him as evil. And then they give him this whole backstory. And then all of a sudden you really understand why he is the way he is. That his whole life has had to be putting up this shell, keeping people away. Yes. Because... He's been nothing but hurt by everyone, yeah, right? Exactly. And you couldn't have written that better. Did you love the part where they show Ladarius's brother watching NCA on his phone and just like crying? crying? Yeah, I might have cried at that. <laughs> that whole like there was like a twenty minute scene where I was yeah. just like tears the entire time. Yeah, his brother who openly talks about, Oh well, yeah, yeah, we would beat him to We'd toughen him up. That's what you need. Up. We needed to toughen him. And then we have that same person watching his now openly gay little brother cheerleading, watching on his phone, yeah. and just crying with pride. Yeah. Oh, and it's Ugh. so beautiful. Full circle. I love it. Ladarius, early on, I thought was going to be my favorite character. Yeah. Because I loved how, like, the confidence he walked with, how he would just put a little, a little swagger into everything. I loved watching him on the mat. And then the attitude started coming, and I was like, oh, wait, I don't like him. And then in the end, I don't know about favorites, but he's just such a compelling he's figure. So compelling. And you, like, really get a feeling for why he is the way he is. Yeah, absolutely. It's like having a shitty coworker, and you really don't like them until you hear in, like, the break room or something, your coworker says, oh, you haven't heard about, like, that coworker, oh well here's the story and then all of a sudden you kind of see them in a new light mm. and you're like okay i kind of get it that makes sense that's ladarius yeah. absolutely my coworkers, luckily are all great hi guys hi coworkers. <laughs> hi indies coworkers. <laughs> so should we go on to who you would think would be the star of the show miss gabby butler Gabby Butler, yeah. So you can give us some background on Gabby, who she is, because this is one of the few people I knew about before this. Yes, from our first date. Yeah. Um, so Gabby Butler uh, was one of the athletes who like grew up in cheerleading, basically. She was very, very flexible. She started cheering at a very young age, and um, she was one of the first people who started doing kind of social media stuff to promote herself. Um, so she did stretching videos, she started selling a line of athletic wear, and she's basically taken every opportunity to kind of market herself um, and basically create a brand. So I'd say she's probably one of the first few kind of influencers or cheerleberties. Cheerleberties. She's one of the few cheerleaders whose career can go on yes. and extends beyond cheerleading. Like, even if she stops being an athlete which will have to which happen which will have to happen eventually soon. um she still has camps she will coach like i'm sure there will be people who will pay any amount of money to have oh, her coach at their gym 10 years there's going to be the gabby butler gym, gym. she's going to have her own I yeah no absolutely she has clothing lines she models for one of the like major cheer brands and it's really amazing to kind of see how she's been able to kind of process 
her love of cheerleading into this huge um, kind of money-making deal. And it's going to be revolutionary for people who want to be cheerleaders because it's not a viable career. No. You make it to college and then that's it yeah there isn't really a next step sure you can go compete in all-star but that's not you're not making a living from no you're paying money to do that um you can do what i'm doing in coach to stay in the sport but but again that's not a livelihood it's not a livelihood i very few coaches are making a a living wage it's exactly like uh monica monica uh there's probably what uh, the big colleges of course the big colleges have coaches, yes absolutely that's about because it. their athletic budgets allow them to pay someone who is specialized in that sport like you'd pay a football coach or a basketball coach yeah. or somebody with and even at experience. that you're not making near the money of the football coaches and basketball coaches no. in the ncaa no because cheerleading not recognized by the ncaa no um, it's all privatized and yes. there's that company varsity we get to hear a little bit about that end of things yeah. which is interesting to me about how there's this one company who just controls everything with an iron fist and in my opinion not to the benefit of the sport no to the benefit of the sport to a certain extent because they were willing to put in the money get the word out there to produce yeah the sport of cheerleading but they cheerleading i feel has grown to the point where at this point varsity's holding it back it is um so you know the Interesting side story here. You know the photo shoot that Gabby does um, at night with the burning barrels and everything? So that's for Rebel Athletic, which is kind of a big rival to Varsity. And Rebel basically started um, because Varsity doesn't allow other vendors at their competitions. So at a Varsity competition, you buy Varsity products, you only see Varsity-approved vendors, and there are no other clothing companies available. So you only see Varsity uniforms. And Rebel started renting a like a big bus and parking it outside the conference centers where Varsity would be having their um, their like competitions and everything. And they'd invite people to come on the bus, see their uniforms, experience like the Rebel kind of athletic wear uh, line and it's grown into this huge huge um company that's basically like helping dominate varsity which is awesome because varsity does own everything they've bought multiple small companies um like cheer companies that used to put on competitions that weren't varsity and they buy them right up and everything's a varsity competition now so. And also one of the things that is bothersome is they control TV rights. They do. So in the past, you could go on ESPN, ESPN 3 yeah. and 4 and you'd see cheerleading. Now it's just on Varsity's own like website. not even network. Yeah, a website. Yeah, like to watch Cheerleading Worlds, which is an all-star thing, I had to pay $65 for a month of being able to watch this one thing that's a weekend. Uh-huh. Basically, I think I watched four four days of cheerleading for like sixty five bucks. So it's um it's really awesome to see other brands like Rebel coming up in the very appropriately titled Rebel. Exactly, that's what that's why they're called Rebel is yeah. because they started in a parking lot, literally in a parking lot, trying to lure people away from the varsity brand. And like my athletes wear Rebel, and I'm always like so happy that we can support them because everything is varsity. Oh yeah, so that was all around about. <laughs> Sorry, that was that was a big tangent. <laughs> way of saying Gabby Butler is a celebrity, very much so, and that's a really interesting dynamic to introduce 
a bona fide celebrity, mm-hmm. probably someone all of these athletes look up to. Yes. And they, before this, are essentially like no name. Yes, which is one of the things that I love about these athletes is because they now have celebrity mm-hmm. and they're just like these kids from small town wherever and all of a sudden they're on Ellen or like they're meeting Oprah and like it's Are Ellen and Oprah still things? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, they were I don't on, watch they were television, on so Ellen I don't twice and Jerry was Ellen's red carpet correspondent at the Oscars. Oh, so that's... he went and like all the celebrities were like, "You're Jerry." Wow. <laughs> yeah. And he like Matt talked to a whole bunch of people and like it was it was just like wholesome content to watch. It was so nice. Hmm. Um, and then they also got to meet Oprah at one point. Who's still alive? Who's still alive? I'm not sure if that's the real Oprah anymore. You think I think there's like, like a bunch of like androids. an impersonator. Like they've they've. Cloned. Oh, I think it's AI. Oh, AI. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So it's nice to see the other athletes who aren't celebrities also get some recognition because it very easily could have gone the other way, where Gabby got all the recognition and everyone else was just kind of like a a backup role in the Gabby Butler show. And that took, I think, great restraint and foresight in the eyes of the filmmakers. Yeah. Because this very easily could have been a Gabby Butler reality show. Yes. And it would have a huge draw. It would. People would watch Absolutely. that. But I feel like that would not extend outside of the cheerleading world. No. It may have been a safer bet. You know you're going to get every cheerleader watching because mm-hmm. it's Gabby Butler. But I wouldn't be interested in no. that. No. So she has been on a reality show before. Oh. There is a YouTube series called Cheerleaders, which talks about Kelly Smoed, which is the small co-ed senior team. Um, they won, I think, three or four back-to-back world titles. And um, so Gabby Butler was on their team for two or three seasons, I think, when she was much younger. And uh, so she was on that, but only cheerleaders watch that show. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never even heard of it. Exactly. <laughs> but it's uh, it's really great to see her um, not be the starring person of this and to really showcase how, what a team player she is mm. and like how interesting her background is too because she has parents who kind of seem like they're just all about the money she can make them. I'm not going to come down too hard on judging the parents because it also can be like they're trying to get her to do what she can while she still can. Well, well, because this is conceivably a career that can be done in the next two years. And they're trying to push her to get everything out she can while she can to set herself up for life. Also, to me, it seems very harsh the way they treat her. Yes. But that's me, and like she's I have trying a very to go to different college. personality. Yeah, she's trying to go to college, and they're calling her and being like, okay, well, you need to make the promo video. You need to post on social media. You need to post like this. You need but to go talk if, to these people. If that's the way she's paying for college, then maybe that's called for. But, exactly. But either way, the show doesn't focus too much on that, and I'm glad I'm glad it gives you an insight into the the tremendous amount of pressure that mm-hmm. she's under at all times. Yes. The incredible work ethic she has at all times, mm-hmm. but it doesn't get too bogged down into the celebrity part of it. Yes. It introduces the dy- dynamic of a celebrity amongst community college athletes, which, yes. of course, the best community college for this, but still not people who are going to be recognized too often outside of the show now no exactly none of the a lot of like they said in the show a lot of these athletes are cheering at all-star gyms and cheer athletics is one of the big like the huge all-star gyms in the cheerleading industry but they're not people who 
people show up to watch because they don't actually know who these people are yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so they they have some of the same skills as Gabby, but she is like literally like at one point they say she's like superhuman because she can tumble, stunt, dance, like give a good show. She can do pretty much everything that you need a cheerleader to do. And yet she's still very humble and down to earth. Yeah. And she's set up in the way that if you need something done, you call Gabby. Gabby and she do. gets it done. Yeah. She gets called in by other teams to just overnight do something amazing routine, and then leave. Compete, leave. Yeah. And that's how it's set up that she can do anything. And then you see moments of her breaking down. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, she is. Like Everyone just says, like, you're Gabby Butler. They don't even say you're great or you're amazing. You can do anything. All they She's have to say her to own is, superlative. You're Gabby Butler. Yeah. <laughs> and you can see that she is way more similar to all of these yeah. girls than we might think. She's like a celebrity, and then you realize that she's also just a kid. Yeah. She's a kid who, like, didn't have the chance to go to college until now, who has parents who she talks to on the phone all the time. Didn't have a chance to go to school. Didn't have a chance to go to school. school. So she's, like, struggling in ways that the other athletes might not be, but also, um, because she doesn't struggle in the ways, some of the ways, like physically, that the athlete, the other athletes do, she can kind of be seen as having an unfair advantage. But she is human, and I really appreciated being able to see that kind of side of her because a lot of what you see on Instagram is her wearing, she models for Rebel, and so her wearing Rebel uniforms in Venice and her wearing Rebel uniforms in London and, like, her getting to travel the world and do, like, amazing photo shoots and that kind of thing. And it was nice to see her kind of down to earth and being like every other athlete. Yeah, she's probably maybe the fourth most featured athlete in in the series. Yeah. And they did a great job of balancing showing this celebrity that she has, showing the pressure she has, mm-hmm. showing that she's still regular and nice and normal. Yeah. And then allowing these other stories, which in my mind are more compelling, but still just giving everyone their due time. Yes. Because it's very easily could have been a d- dynamic of them being against her because she doesn't practice with them all the time she could have presented like oh i'm better than all of this but you don't get that at all you get this great sense of community that they're thankful to her she's thankful to them there doesn't seem to be a a hierarchy Mm -hmm. so let's move on from gabby um and talk about morgan she's the little tiny flyer who comes in and learns the routine and gives it her all and suffers through probably broken ribs and, uh, like, helps them claim that national title. She's another one that it's very, very difficult not to just be cheering for her and the loving time. this yeah, character. the entire time. Because she's someone who, again, has a very hard story of where she came up from, essentially abandoned by the one parent she had left, raised by grandparents, and not terribly wealthy, coming into it a little later than most, well, definitely later than the athletes that you see on this show, not being the most polished or well-trained, not having that experience, but just having sheer determination. Yeah. And it's very hard not to cheer for her. She was, you're so happy when she gets the chance, but you're also terrified. Yes. That she's going to blow it. And what would that do to someone like that self-esteem? Like she seems very fragile. Yeah. She seems very, um, like, this is her first chance at being, like, really good and useful at something. 
and I, you do, you feel that fear that like something is going to go wrong or she's going to get too injured to continue or that she's just going to have to like be benched because she's injured, she's tired, she's not doing the skills sometimes. And it's like, it's really nerve wracking to watch her compete um, for that spot on the mat um, because you don't know what's going on, but you want it for her so bad. And then when she succeeds, it pays off. It's like, again, I keep saying this. It's like this was written to be like this, right? You couldn't have scripted this any better. She's another one that just comes off as this humble, do-whatever-it-takes type of person. exactly. And you can tell that she loves Monica. She just wants to please. Yeah. She wants everyone, she wants someone to be proud of her. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And we're so proud. We're so proud of you, Morgan. (laughs) I'm going to tag all the athletes and all of our social media this week. <laughs> yeah, if you've been following along, I was in control of all of that Star Wars stuff. I'm going to let Sam take over to do the, the cheer week. So I think Morgan and Jerry are my favorite athletes on this show. Um, I loved both of their stories. I cheered for them both. I really appreciate Morgan's I'll do whatever you need for me kind of attitude towards cheerleading. And... Um, a Jerry is just like the most delightful person ever. Yes. I want to. I want to meet Jerry someday. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's my dream. Um, so let's talk about um, kind of the last main star of this um, before Monica. Uh, let's talk about Lexi. I found Lexi's story again. We're saying that those two are the most likable, maybe our favorites. She was the most compelling character to me. Absolutely, I was the most interested in her because she has better character development in this real life four months than you see in any scripted movie. Yes, she becomes a part of the team. She, like, accepts it. She goes through, a, like, a real life struggle that, like, honestly, I'm sure some of my athletes have gone through with, the like, someone posting something of you on social media that you have not consented to. Mm-hmm. And um, also the fact that she's dealing with her, like, her real life, which is a history of, like, drug abuse, vaping, like, sh- like just not the greatest. I don't know if you should put drug abuse and vaping in the same sense. I feel like there's a bit of a difference there. She's like, oh, yeah, she does everything. She did a lot of drugs. She went to jail for beating people up. She vaped. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that her story um, is really relatable. And I think to the younger audience that's watching, she goes through a lot of things that a younger audience would probably really relate to. Even at the beginning when she was kind of standoffish and didn't feel like she was a part of this whole thing. I instantly was drawn to her character. Mm-hmm. And I feel like now it's weird. I'm at the age where where there's these college cheerleaders and I feel like I had like a fatherhood crush on her. <laughs> I was like, oh, I just want to like... You just want to like I just want to raise you up right. Yes. You know? That's how I felt I just like, as give a coach. You the support. I was like, I just want to make sure that you make it through the season. Okay. Yeah. It was like every year you have an athlete that's struggling with something and it's just like, I just want to be there for you. I just want you to know that I am there if you need anything. Mm-hmm. And I totally get what you're saying because that's exactly my coach instincts like turned right on and yeah. I was like, how can I make life better for this athlete? Because there's like very few things that you can actually do because you're not a parent but it's just like what can I do give me give me a list of things that I can do for you because Mm -hmm. I will do them (laughs) and to see her go from being the standoffish person someone who's like oh I'm not into this whole cheerleading thing really I can just tumble really well and then to completely buying in and doing what it takes for her team right 
to save herself and her team simultaneously. Yes. And that's a lot of credit to uh, to Coach Monica on Absolutely. that one. She was, we'll talk about her later, but I was kind of on the fence about her a lot of ways. But she proved to make the right choices constantly yeah. and really saved and helped out a lot of people. Yeah. Um, how did you feel at the end of the season when it was revealed that she didn't come back to Navarro? Oh, it broke my heart. So would it make you happy to know that she's back on the team now? Would it surprise you to know that I already looked that up? <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't. I got really into, to, yeah, into this. Yeah. And yeah, I was... So for those of you who don't know, first of all, she in the little epilogue of this series, it's revealed that she was in a car where someone had possession of drugs. Most likely not her, but we don't get a lot of yeah. information on it. And she's thrown off the team because that's how the team runs. Yeah. And it's made very clear throughout that that's how this thing works. But you can probably speak to what's happened since then. Yeah. So she has kind of since reconciled with Monica. And I think that the, together they have decided that the best place for her is back in school. Because she was doing really well. She was. And her grandparents even say, or her kind of family goes ahead and says, like, we were so proud of her. We said we'd buy you a car. We'll, like, do absolutely anything that it takes to keep you at Navarro so that you can get an education and that you can kind of be your best. And then this... Um, illegal stuff in the car comes out and um, even Monica says like right now Lexi doesn't need me but I'll always be there for her in the future if she does and it sounds like they kind of reconciled that way so I'm really happy to see her back on the team because I think it is the best thing for her yeah and it's amazing because I think we all both actually work with a lot of youth who sometimes are having a hard time with things and to be someone who dropped out of high school because you had to go to jail mm-hmm. and then to come back do your GED go get into college and do pretty well that's not an easy feat and I know a lot of us who like we have our degrees and stuff we're like oh yeah they just went to community college no big deal <laughs> yeah to get over that is not easy by any stretch yes. and it just showed great strength of character in this I keep calling them boys and girls, and I don't mean that to be like no, dismissive no. of them. They are children. They, they are, are so children. young. They're literally children. <laughs> yeah, to see like this girl have that strength of character to do all of this, to recognize her own mistakes and persevere, perhaps despite, perhaps because of what she's gone through, yeah. is it's it's remarkable. She's still like I'm looking at her Wikipedia page right now. She's only twenty. Like, when you now, think about... Yeah. So she was, what, 18 at 18 time? then, yeah. 18, 19. Like, it's amazing to think of the amount of stuff that she has been able to do at the age of 20. And, like, how good... I'm sure this documentary has been for her. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, she, Jerry, Morgan, and um, Gabby are all back at Navarro this year to cheer, like, one last time. And I I have a feeling that's because, partially because of the publicity of the show and everybody wants to see them back at it. But I really think that um, it's a good thing. It's such a good program, and I think it's so good for these athletes to be in this place with Monica. Well, clearly, because you can see lives being changed because of this. I have a lot of friends who are more in the the arts or more politically inclined mm-hmm. and they a lot of people badmouth athletics in general yes, they're like ah yeah. just it's a bunch of nationalism or it's a bunch of uh fake civic pride yeah and i always just think like well you 
Clearly, you've never, never played, done sports. Did yeah. you? Because there's so much character building. It is such a microcosm for life at mm-hmm. times. And there's so much, if nothing else, confidence yes. that people can gain from doing this. People who have failed at so much and they find their time to shine, Yeah, that gives them the confidence to do other things in life. Well, exactly. And yeah, I, of course, was not a high-end athlete. I am not uh, doing that professionally. <laughs> no, but, but like growing hockey, up, you were very playing, high-end in hockey. Well, I'm not. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but growing up and playing just teaches you so much. It teaches yeah. you interpersonal stuff. It teaches you confidence, Problem discipline. Solving. Yeah. Yeah. This is our quick aside about how important sports are to children. <laughs> One thing that I loved about this was the range of the background stories that we got. It wasn't all just kids from broken homes. It was kids who dealt with death, kids who had dealt with drug abuse, kids who had dealt with prejudice, kids who... Kids who had dealt with fame. Kids who the dealt exact with opposite fame. Of it, right? Exactly. So you saw the full spectrum of things that like they had to deal with as young athletes to get to this point and like being on Navarro it's an equalizer right like you've made the best community college team in the country and uh you really get to see the backgrounds that they had to overcome and everyone has a different background which is awesome Mm -hmm. that's another great thing about athletics it is an equalizer Mm -hmm. so many people I know are very shocked when I say that I always thought the hockey locker room was like one of the least racist places because <laughs> everyone, you're all working towards a common goal there, yeah, right? absolutely. And that uh, is one of the things that I love about coaching is that we're working towards a common goal and we can leave everything else that's bad in your life behind for three hours during our practice or whatever. And it's like a safe place that we create for athletes. This is a really good feel-good episode. I like it. It's a really good feel-good show. It is a really good feel-good show. Um, well, I think we've come to the point where we have to talk about Monica. Let's do it. Okay, so Monica Aldama, she is the head coach of Navarro Cheer. Um, she is kind of the mother of the program. She plays many different roles, and uh, she's just an all-around awesome person. What did you think of her initially? I clearly am not as big of a fan as you are. I think you are more of a hardline coach. I am. (laughs) I am a more loving encouragement coach, which is the opposite of how we are on the podcast. Absolutely. No, I am very, very tough on my kids. I can turn on the love and the the encouragement and everything. As can she. In the moments. Yeah, exactly. I want to be Monica when I grow up. I really do see my coaching style in her. So I, it was really nice to see that she also has those soft moments and she knows when to turn that on when it's important. And um, I mean, I'm not super hard on my kids when they're injured. I'm the one who always deals with all the blood and everything. So I'm not I'm not like mean to injured kids, but it's, uh, it's really great to see someone coaching at an elite level who coaches very similarly to the way that I do. Do you think she was too hard on her injured athlete? There was a one uh, guy who hurt his back and she just kept making him go and he was crying and getting no, through No, I would have done that too, honestly. You would have done it too? I would have. I think it's because they gave you the background of him competing at an event where they had had a conversation, him and Monica had had a conversation where she said, I don't think it's a good idea because you are being paid to be at Navarro. And he still went ahead and did it. I think it's on him. It's on the athlete. At that point, she needs him to do a job. And one of the biggest things that I say to my athletes is do your job. That all is true. This is, I think, the point where I'm going to disagree with you because it's only going to hurt him more. No, but 
And he is in charge of catching other people. Yes. If he's hurt, that's putting those people in danger. And that's where I disagree with that. But I think it gives him, like, the thing that I would be looking for as a coach in that situation is for him to admit to the fact that he did something wrong. True, but you're putting other people in danger. She did. and I get what you're saying. I do. You're the... Right now, I know this look in your eyes. <laughs> and this is your, no, Scarlet's the greatest face. <laughs> where, like, no, she can't do anything wrong. I hear all these terrible things you're saying, but no, she's right. She's putting people in danger, and I disagree with that. Okay, that's fair. Again, I'm not too hard either way on her. Because what it comes down to is... She is making people's lives better. Yes, exactly. I really liked the look at kind of her husband and her family life as well um, and how they showed her at the, was it like a cow show? What, what, what is, I'm sure there's a better name for it, but they were showing cows and she was having a kind of a family moment. And um, so I like that they showed that she also has a life outside of cheerleading. And I don't think my kids... But just barely. Just barely. Yeah. I don't think my kids believe that I have a life outside of cheerleading. They always think it's really funny when they find out that I have a job that isn't cheerleading. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, wait, wait, you go to an office every day? And I'm like, yeah, I have an adult job. Like, I do things that aren't cheerleading, just barely. Um, but it's, it's, it's really nice to see that she also kind of struggles with that balance. It's nice to see someone who puts that much of herself forward to a team like this get repaid in, like, national championships in that moment where she's being carried into the water by some of her male cheerleaders and, like, the pure joy that you feel in that moment for her. So we're probably getting close to wrapping things up. Do you have any other real great moments that you loved through the series? Um, I enjoyed – this is, like, a nerdy coach moment. I enjoyed the um kind of the – view into the coaching structure of the team so there was the student coach um capena capena yeah um he's also one of my favorites he's like really great to watch who is helping the student like the student part of the student athletes um kind of make their way through a schedule and um he really seems to enjoy what he's doing um, he has dreams and aspirations, it seems like, that aren't cheerleading, but ultimately he is in it to do whatever Monica needs him to do. Mm -hmm. And that was another moment that I was going to bring up is he talks about his attempted suicide mm -hmm. where he tried to hang himself and a hose broke. That's the only thing that stopped him from, from killing, killing himself. himself. Yeah. And he's talking about that with all of his cheerleaders. And that's probably another moment where I may have broken down at <laughs> that. Too. Yeah, I uh, I love that little sharing circle to kind of bring the team together. That yeah. was that was really lovely um, and such a good showing of the way that cheerleading teams bond mm -hmm. very much in your darkest moments to like get those like to be able to chase after those super high moments overall. Would you recommend that people watch this? Oh, absolutely. Like I said, it's great if you're in the cheerleading world. It's great if you think cheerleading's dumb. You're going to mm -hmm. find out how what it's actually how not like. How dumb it is. <laughs> uh, if you just want a good story, yeah, you're going to love it. If you're into any sort of athletics, you'll probably find it really impressive in that way too. It's also just so interesting because it's a series that encapsulates such a precarious time in all of these athletes lives they're at the end of their adolescence they're at the beginning of their adulthood mm -hmm. but they're also kind of at the end of 
what their career had been yes, up until this point. Exactly. And they're just kind of at the beginning of something much more complicated that they don't know what it's going to be. And when you're watching this series, you're going to wonder, like, there's going to be all of these injuries, there's going to be all of this hardship and tears, and you're going to be wondering if it's worth it. Is this worth it at the end? And then you hear the stories of what the sport has done for these people, how it's brought them together, and then you see the final performance and then when they go into the water, and you're left with the answer of yes, it was absolutely worth it. Yeah. Everything that they have gone through meant something. And mm -hmm. it's not just this championship. It's this community that's been built. It's this value that's been given to these lives that may not have had it otherwise. Yeah, who knows where some of these athletes would have ended up if not for this program and for them being able to go to college in this way. I love it. <laughs> Me too. Oh, yay. Is it your first I love it? I think it? this is my first I love it. Yes. Yeah. I feel like we need a fanfare sound right now. Uh, I'm kind of done with the sound effects for a while. Dun, 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 dun. There you go. There we go. Um, so it's super funny because, like, I'm very into cheerleading. And obviously I talked about... Who is? Me. You? Samantha. Oh. Your co-host. Never come up. Oh, interesting. Weird. I'll talk about it more. Okay. <laughs> but, like, I'm open about the fact that I... I'm very into cheerleading. You're not a closeted cheerleader. I'm not a closeted cheerleader. You are very loud and proud. Very loud and proud. You are wearing a shirt right now, and most of your shirts that have any writing on them. It's true. During cheer season, if I'm not wearing at least one piece of clothing that says cheer on it, it's uh, it's not good. It's not good. It means something's wrong. Um, but it's really funny because people from outside of the cheerleading world have started asking me lots of really technical questions about cheerleading. Um, and I was at a board meeting the other day and we ended up having a 20 minute conversation about like how you actually do that thing that they showed on cheer. And, and they're like, hey, how come on cheer you can like scorpion into a double down? But I never see that at high school. And you're like, well, technically you can't double down in high school. It's you can't double down you in go, high like, school. You can all star. All stars can double down. All star college. Yeah. So it, it's been really interesting having these people be like, I never really thought about all these skills that you can do in cheer. And uh, luckily I'm able to answer some questions. And we want to hear from you because what I was asking, is there anyone out there that's quintupling down? If you're if you quintuple, quintuple. <laughs> if you quintuple down, let me know. Send us a video of you quintupling down. Please do, please do. I told a story last night about someone here in Alberta that could uh, twist many, many times, and then got mad when someone else could do it, so she twisted another time down. It's it's, it's competitive. Cheerleading is very competitive. So send us your videos. Uh, you can find us at I love this. You should too dash podcast on facebook you can find us on instagram and twitter at iltys and the number two and you can email us your long form answers at i love this you should and the number two at gmail.com i assume now that we did this we're going to be like best friends with lexi and jerry i'm going to tag them in all the social media <laughs> i'm going to try my hardest <laughs> i will fly to texas to meet them all right let's go all right well, I hope that you enjoyed uh, Ch Netflix's Cheer as much as we did. Um, we're looking forward to hearing some of your thoughts on it. And uh, we will see you next week when we introduce Indy's next pick. 
which I'm sure will be awesome. Yeah, I'm doing a different thing because I was stressing out about what to pick because I had this big scheme yeah, you and I didn't know where to go. So I'm opening up my DVD cabinet and picking a movie. Oh, just yeah. like randomly? Just going for it. Oh, shit. Okay, yep. let's do it. It could literally be anything. Who knows? Who Is knows? it some weird Danish dryer movie? That's a, a person, Carl Theodore Dreyer. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like a Danish dryer like we have in the laundry room. <laughs> yeah. I believe our dryer is Japanese. Maybe it'll be weird Japanese animated. Maybe it'll be a musical. Good chance it'll be something from the 70s and it's real gritty. Yeah, there's a very good chance that that will happen. Maybe it'll be fun surrealist stuff. Ooh. Italian neorealism? Maybe. Maybe. Red Desert's in there. Ooh. Anyways, see you next week, everyone. See you next week, everyone. <laughs> Is there an echo in here? Echo? <laughs>